I'm Gareth Owen, and this is Dragonheart. Hi, and welcome to Dragonheart. I'm Mark Griffiths. That guy over there is Neil Williams, and we'll be having a chat about the week's matches. We'll have a chat as well about a touching tale of friendship across the, the water. And I'm not talking about that bloke that I shout out on the other side of the flash. Hey, that, that'll go down well with our international fans. I mean, flash? It's a, flash? It's a pond near Wrexham. Best a I lake. can say. A lake. It's a, it's a lake. Lake's generous, isn't it? Well, they'll understand what a lake is more than a pond, I would have thought. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Um, Follow I mean, the lake. I, I, we may, I may have a breakout of cat wars in a second because, um, surprisingly, a new cat has appeared on my uh, desk. Lottie doesn't normally join us up here, but she's decided to. But Laszlo has heard my podcast voice and he's just come in. Oh, dear. So there could be aggravation in a second. How are you going, Neil? Yeah, I'm doing well, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, just as I said, busy lead up to Christmas. So just getting prepared for it at the moment. So, yeah. Plenty of orders coming through the door at the moment. Everybody wants everything like yesterday. Oh, fantastic. So, well, I say fantastic. Obviously, people wanting stuff yesterday isn't that great. But, um, you know, work <laughs> on your supply and demand workflow. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. I, I will. We always work on that and we strive to, you know, make sure the customers are satisfied at the end of the day. <laughs> no, but make sure in future you're, you're putting in the fine print, we cannot satisfy orders placed with a request to be delivered the day before. I think you you need to do that, I think, for your own satisfaction and calmness. <laughs> yeah, they stress you out terribly, I tell you. Oh, but, Especially yeah. if you have to try and turn the clock back 24 hours, although it's not. It's a bit easier over here in Witchish than it is in Wrexham, you know, because we're in the dark over here, so... Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, different time zones. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But we've changed now, obviously, because of daylight saving. But you're still focused more on the agricultural thing, and uh, time is judged purely on when the best time to plant a turnip is, isn't it? Oh yeah, very very true. Yeah yeah yeah. Do you think we've gone off the point? Totally off the point because uh, this time of year you're you're planting leeks rather than turnips. So yeah. Oh, I've been hoist by my own petard. What a nightmare. Well, in that case, I'm going to shut up before I make myself look even more ignorant than I actually am. This is Dragon Heart. I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. First things first, Accrington-Stanley game. We lost. That's a bit of a shock. In fact, we lost both games this weekend. It was a hell of a shock. It's certainly not what we're used to. Um, we had a, a hell of a job, Neil, getting into the grounds, which, with hindsight, it's a shame we succeeded. But uh, <laughs> we really went round the houses, didn't we? We certainly do. I mean, talking about informing your staff where to go, well, uh, I think we went to four or five different locations trying to find the entry point to get in to do the radio commentary on Saturday. And nobody really knew where you had to go. Yeah, I've I, I got to be honest. I find it how odd how common that is that stewards at matches don't actually know anything about their grounds, procedures, or anything like that. You know, okay, maybe they bring people in, hire them from agencies, do they, or something? But I, I certainly <laughs> get the feeling at the race course, you see lots of familiar faces and they, they're able to help you out, I'm sure. But yeah, 
So we went to a number of stewards who just kept sending us round in circles, didn't we? It was it was great fun. We did, and we actually ended up at their ticket office in the end, wasn't it? Which was where you buy your tickets, and we were just giving our tickets through the window, and yeah. you actually just signed in, just as if you're going through the gates of the fan in the end. <laughs> and then when we got into yeah. the end, actually it wasn't terribly apparent where we should go then, was it? No, not at all. And I wish we'd, we'd gone and sat somewhere else, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the car park would have been a better view of the match, I think. Yeah. Well, I, a better view of the match in the sense that it was awful. And also in the sense that it wasn't a great view anyway. We couldn't see the stuff in the corner. I still don't know what the Accrington player was booked for. Um, it was quite <laughs> wasn't the best vantage point. But I'm not going to moan about that because I didn't want to see most of what went on anyway. It was, it was frustrating, wasn't it? I mean, the, their style of play... Their physicality and the way they smothered us. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that, by the way. Um, you know, but that's their style was something that we didn't fully get to grips with, I didn't think. Certainly not in the second half. Definitely not in the second half, Mark. We had our chances in the first half. You know, Paul Mullen hit the bar when it was more like, easier to score. Um, but yeah, they, they played a, a great game, you know, they got the tactics well. As you say, they smothered us, whatever we wanted to do, they closed us down, didn't allow us time on the ball. And they did that very, very effectively and, and, and more so in the second half. And mm. too many Wrexham players, I feel, were a bit off. Maybe, you know, yeah. not on the ball on Saturday. Just, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, Mark? Help me out. But, just, yeah, yeah, I mean, too many of them were, were not there, you know, not at their full potential and playing well. Uh, it's not bad when, you know, if it's only one or two, but, you know, the majority of the squad... For whatever reason, just we're not on the game. You know, balls going astray, passes going astray. Um, yet at times you look like our normal self again. You know, slip passing and it worked very well. But um, yeah, a pretty poor performance, I would say, on Saturday. And you know, we didn't deserve anything out of the game, to be honest. Yeah, I think when I think it's it's inevitable you look like that when you're playing against a Route One team who are launching it long, scrapping for the loose balls. You know, they, they get they have to get their players up there in position to compete. And then once they've done that and they play the long balls, they can really box you in and put you under pressure. And it's difficult isn't it, to look good against that sort of opposition. Um, but having said that, in the first half, you're dead right. In in patches, we looked ourselves and Overall, in the first half, we defended very well and we were the team making chances. And although it felt not quite at our best. You know, you sort of felt if that carries on second half, we'll win, we'll be okay. In fact, you said to me after we'd gone off air, if Mullen had scored rather than at the bar, we would have won. And yeah, I totally agree good. with that. I think that, that one nil lead at half time, we would have been able to see it out. But then the second half, I just thought we responded quite poorly to going behind, letting in that early goal. And then we seemed soft. Yeah, I'm reluctant to use the word panic, but I think we panicked a little bit. <laughs> you know, we, we were oh, hitting long we balls did. back at them when we should have been passing up about. Sorry, hiccups. Totally agree with you, Mark. Yeah, that long ball for us does really not work, even though we had Dalby and Palmer on the pitch mm -hmm. and well at the same time. You know, they had some big lads on the pitch they're yeah. defending and and it really didn't work. And yeah, it was, it was quite frustrating watching them that, you know, they'd run out of ideas of what to do and they they thought maybe the long ball game was a better option. But for me, you know, we're a quality team. We play great football on the ground, you know, play around the players. But uh, lacking ideas was a big, big problem on, on Saturday. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got to admit, I don't like saying this, even though I think some people think I do, but the referee was a big problem as well. Uh, you know, he he was so laissez-faire. He seemed to be determined not to buck anybody in a game where he needed to be strong. Well, certainly we needed them to be strong because Accrington were committing a lot of niggly fouls. They were aggressive, physical, and also their time-wasting went unpunished. And we needed a better ref than that. We did a far stronger ref, yet they gave him a silly soft penalty to, yeah. in my eyes. So for them to go one hour. And then they got the bit between the teeth after that, didn't they? And we, we really didn't respond to that going one one nil behind, whether the players were a bit aggrieved about the, the soft penalty decision. But uh, you know, we should be professional enough as players, you know, after last season they did so well that you know, they should pick the game up and go again. But uh, for whatever reason, on Saturday, it, it really didn't work for us on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. The The penalty decision bewildered me at the time, but, you know, I was willing to think, OK, I might look at the replay and see something and think, oh, OK, yeah, yeah, that was a penalty. The odd thing for me is that when I looked at the replays again and, and sort of slowed it down at a close pier, I thought what it was was Will Boyle holding on to the centre-back hills. Um, because but you know Hills ran into Boyle really and sort of pinned him on the line, and then the moment Boyle's starting to like trying to hold him off, Hills hurled himself to the floor. Whistle went. Hills jumps up and just um, it was very ugly. Just starts screaming, laughing in Boyle's face, which is what you do when you fool the referee and conned a, a player and got a penalty. But then afterwards, it turns out that it wasn't that at all. That it was a challenge beyond that. Which was well, I, I that first one in my eyes isn't a penalty. The second one is a free kick to Wrexham, as far as I'm concerned. That low is being marked by Davis. Low steps away from Davis, grabs hold of Davis's arm, and pulls him down on top of him. Which you know the old Dennis Bergkamp trick, which he used to do very effectively. Except he wasn't backing in and making it look like he'd been pushed over. He just he was at arm's length and pulls Davis by the arm, pulled him on top of him. And they give a penalty. That was what was a penalty given for. It was a foul to us. Plus, it's got to be said, the ball is off the pitch when he fouled. Him. As Parkinson said at the end, you know, looking back at it and freeze framing it, it isn't a penalty because the ball's not in play. So, all in all, absolutely robbed by that. I'm really unhappy with that. And not not least yeah. the fact that then Low bounces up and just starts screaming in the Conco's face like Hills did for no reason. I know I'm being a bit soft, but someone's in the away end. And he said that uh, Hills was getting at Wrexham all through the second half, having to go at the fans and things like that. You know, they left a, they did leave a bit of taste in the mouth, Accrington. It's got to be said. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying it didn't deserve to win, but you know, I'd have liked seeing the ref stamping down more on them and yellow cards and time wasting because there was a hell of a lot of time wasting. So it, it does leave you feeling very frustrated. Yeah, and, and if he's going to give a soft penalty like that, he needs to look at what happened in, you know, in. When we were in their area and players went yeah. down and down from corners, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, if you're going to give one, you've got to give it for both. And I thought that's where he's very weak. And I'll tell you what, Neil, as well as that, I mean, we did get a penalty, admittedly. But, I mean, it was a red card for me. He just came out and he just clotheslined Toza. He just launched himself at him, knowing the ball, hit him across the jaw, the throat with his forearm. Yeah. It's a red yeah. card. And what, he yeah. didn't even book him. So even then... Oh, I don't. I, I, it was a bit exasperating, wasn't it? If I'm honest with you. 
yeah, <laughs> overall day was very disappointed from when we arrived. Well, yeah, getting to the ground, arrived at the ground, or trying to get in the ground, and the game was just all disappointing. I went, I mean, I'm sure we, you went there as well, full of optimism and, you know, Wrexham will do really well, and it all came crashing down our ears as, uh, you know, we, we see the fans moaning, moaning, but, you know, it's just a game of football, guys. We move on and, and we look forward to, you know, the next game, which is oh, a Saturday yeah. home to Morecambe. You know, you can't, you can't let it get to you. It's, it's, you can't blame Parky. It was just one of those things. Yeah, uh, you're right. And, and I mean, we've been, we've had two very long and beaten runs this season. You know, you, you, I think we have to keep that in context. We are a promoted team that is yeah. still in the top four. Well, that's a good Correct. thing, you know. So, uh, yeah, we've got to keep it in context. There is one particularly dark note, though, which is objects being thrown at Joe McCracken, the Accrington goalkeeper. And it's just so frustrating. I mean... Yeah, why? Why? He, yeah. Even bearing in mind what I said about Accrington being provocative, and, and they were, still, there is no excuse for violence. And the the really, uh, the other annoying part of it, of course, is that if our fans do that sort of thing, I mean, let's be honest, it's not fans who do it, and it's only yeah. one or two individuals, but they then cut down on our allocation in away games because opposing police forces, teams' police forces, will say we don't want them because they've got a hooligan element. We want a smaller number to control them. So, you know, we complain about not being able to get tickets, and I okay, I'll get that. Everyone wants to get a ticket to see Wrexham at the moment. But then people are taking actions that mean that people might not be able to get tickets in the future. For me, it uh, I just need to weed people like that out. They're not fans of Wrexham. They're not fans of football. They're not able to act in a sociable manner. We need to weed them out. And I'm glad the club have again come out and said, please, you know, tell us who they are, because that's exactly name the right response. Yeah, name and shame them, yeah. Because what they hope to achieve, you know, at the end of the day, that, that guy's a human being, their goalkeeper. Yeah, he may have said a few things, but... Mm. You know, you've got to take that on the chin. Um, you know, you don't throw anything at the players. You know, at the end of the day, Rex and the football club are going to be penalised. Mm. I mean, we'll be fined for whatever, you know, whatever the fine may be. Good on your fans for, you know, bringing, you know, the Rex name into, you know, the limelight again for, for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's galling because so many Wrexham fans are fabulous. But, you know, Wrexham fans often talk about how we're special. Well, you know, we'll lose that reputation if people behave like that. I know it's only a very small minority, but, you know, they need to be named, they need to be banned, and we need to get on with the important stuff of getting promoted, I would argue. Yeah, and, and going back to the penalty mark that we were awarded, yes, it was a penalty. You said it's, I've watched, uh, you know, the highlights as well, and it should have been deaf and red card. But mm. poor old Mullin, he does exactly the same thing with the shot he had in the first half. Yeah. It's, it's it's virtually the same place at the other end of the pitch. But you know, the game was over and done with by then. It was what virtually the last kick of the game. Mm. It wouldn't have made much of a difference to the scoreline. So, uh, but I'm sure Paul will, you know, Mullin will be kicking himself because you know he's he likes scoring goals, he likes celebrating goals. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they've they've been having some shooting practice this week. He was made to stand there for so long. You look at the video, he picks the ball up yeah. immediately and mm -hmm. it's a minute and 40 seconds until he takes it. And again, the referee being weak. You know, the, the goalkeeper twangs the bar. You should buck him. You're not allowed to do that. But instead, it just adds to the whole, you know, just when we think we're ready, the keeper knowingly does that because he knows that'll then lead to another delay. And, you know, okay, I mean, 
Mullen will be obviously disappointed those two chances but again it's just all this gamesmanship that the referee just allowed he was seen terribly sort of you know I was going to say wet behind the ears but as his name's Neil Hare I don't know somehow that I don't know <laughs> sounds like a dangerous <laughs> situation doesn't it um, but I, I just uh, left a sour taste in the mouth overall so at least like I said we've got a home game coming up Morecambe have done well they're certainly punching above yeah. their weight. Most people thought they were going to get relegated before the reason start season started. They've done brilliantly. They're in ninth, but they've lost their manager this week. So it'll be interesting to see just what you know actually comes from that. Uh, but yeah, a home game and then an away game at Harrogate, two games against teams that well, I mean, I like I say Morecambe are doing well, Harrogate less so. We gotta look for six points out of that, really, and then it puts the Accrington game behind yeah. us, doesn't it? Then we got the FA Cup game against the Oval, which is, I believe, the sellout as well. Yeah, yeah. Forest Green away, haven't we? Yes. So, you know, potentially get, these are winnable games that we could use to get momentum going straight away. Let's let's hope that yeah. we do. I'd be interested to see Saturday. You know, if there's any big changes on the over you know, the lineup. Mm. You know, we know what happened after the Stockport defeat. Yeah. You know, there yeah. were quite a few changes. Whether Phil Phil Parkinson will. Uh, Make any major changes to the line at the starting lineup. We'll have to wait and see till Saturday. You'd think McLean would come in, wouldn't you? You'd imagine. You'd hope so, yeah. And maybe Mendy again back in. Yeah, yeah. Both, yeah. I mean, they're both McLean haven't had, had to travel so far, but I think obviously Mendy's had a bit of a trek, hasn't he? Across yeah. down to yeah. uh, to play his international game. So, but yeah, yeah. What, what's the situation with Barnett at the moment as well? Sorry, Mark, changing something big. No, you? no. Well, when he and O'Connell both were injured in the same game, which was, what, about three weeks ago, maybe? They they seem to imply they'll both be out for about eight weeks. So we're probably looking at okay. January-ish, you know, end yeah. of December, start of January for both of those. But then Tunnicliffe right. is back and available again. Yeah, yeah. Um, Palmer will, I'm sure, like to get a start. I mean, he was playing extremely well, and then Dolby was given a chance, and Dolby took it. Um, but Palmer will be thinking, right, I want to get back in that starting eleven because I didn't do anything wrong to get dropped. It was just, you know, strength of depth and tactical considerations that changed things around. So, yeah, I think there's a few players in contention who would fancy an opportunity, no question. Yeah, it'd be nice to see if he does mix it up a little bit for Saturday's game against Morecambe or would he keep to the, you know, the standard team that we normally put out on the first eleven on the pitch. So, um I feel like the way he spoke after the game, Neil, I don't think there'll be huge changes. I think he was yeah. quite keen to sort of say, as we said, don't over don't overreact after one defeat. This this unit has been doing really well for a few weeks now. And I think I think he's right. So I think there may yeah, be a little bit of tinkering, but I don't think there'll be a huge amount of change personally. Absolutely. When you look at the results away at Notts County and at Mansfield, you know, he's oh, it's just just a blip. It's a one it's a one game we've lost and you know the I don't understand, you know, the fans going crazy over just losing one game. Yeah, we didn't play well, but that's football, guys. You know, it happens. Yeah, yeah. And that is also classic football fan behaviour, isn't it? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. we overreact, therefore we are. I mean, let's be honest. That's what we yeah, do. But yeah. Majority of the people don't ask for Parky's head, you know, but uh, hmm. the number of fans have been saying, you know, we should look at a new manager. I think. Really? Shake your head, guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Because we have lost six league games in the last year and a half. That's exactly. got to be sackable. Yeah. 
blinking heck. I tell you what, if if people aren't satisfied with where the club is now, they're probably never going to be that satisfied. No. <laughs> I think that's the honest truth of the matter. It, it doesn't get any better than this, does it? Supporting a football team. Not at all. I mean, when when you come from where we've come, basically, you know, 15 years ago hmm. to where we are now, you know, yeah. I'm happy in the Football League. If we lose, we lose, you know. Um, yes, I'm disappointed, but we just go again because I'm so happy that we're back in the Football League. Well, yeah, if you look at where we were four years ago when Keats has to come in to rescue us from dropping out of the league altogether and we're still only surviving yeah. by the skin of our teeth when the season's abandoned because of COVID, that the, the jump forward from then to now is is remarkable, isn't it? So, it yeah, is, it is. I think we shouldn't be too worried about things like that, I think. Yeah. No. Well, after the break, we'll go on to the second half of our defeats of the weekend and chat about the Wrexham game at Swansea. I'm Steve Dale, and this is Dragonheart. So moving on to Sunday's match, a huge day for Wrexham, playing at Swansea City's actual proper stadium against Swansea City. Uh, Swansea moved it across because of the magnitudes of the game. Well, let's be honest, they moved it across because it's us. And we are, as you always say, Neil, we're always the biggest, hottest ticket in town. And they got a crowd of over 3,000, which is their best ever. It was a game which started really well because we went at Swansea. It felt like the game at at Kevin earlier this season. Swansea looked really good on the ball, but we looked really dangerous in the break, despite having Rosie Hughes suspended. And we took the lead, and for the first half hour, Cara Jones scores after Amber Lightfoot's shot is saved. Lightfoot did ever so well to take advantage of a mistake at the back and get a shot in. Keeper pushed it away. Jones had an open goal. And although it was end-to-end, we had other chances to get two up. And also, frustratingly, and I'm going to moan about refs again with this game, um, the referee gave us a free kick on the halfway line when the ball had gone on to Jones, who was one-on-one with the keeper. So, you know, keep you whistling the mouth, mate. <laughs> Don't blow it. And let's see if Jones gets the second goal. So the, that was deeply, deeply frustrating. But to be fair, you know, Swansea really got the ball down and got control of the game. We we ended up defending a lot, held on till half time, conceded two in the second half, but the defensive efforts were magnificent. We found it difficult to pass out from the back and relieve the pressure, in all honesty. Um, and I think, you know, I think it illustrates, Neil, that Swansea, you know, have been in this division three years longer since its inception. And, you know, that 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 gives you a, an advantage. And, and we are, despite our terrific success, still playing catch-up, I think, really, Neil, in, in all honesty. It's exactly what I was going to say, Mark. You know, Swansea have been there for a number of years. And to be fair, Wrexham, this is the first season they've gone part-time professional now this season. So they are getting extra training and and getting a salary. And also they're still finding their feet, you know. Yes, they ran away with the league last year um, and did very, very well. But, you know, it's it's going to be a lot difficult. Just like for the men's team, it's going to be more difficult, more difficult teams you're playing against and come up against. Mm. Especially, you know, when they're playing in the likes of Swansea and Cardiff, the, the two biggest teams, I should say, in, in, in Wales. So... Both both those matches will be tough games, whether it be home or away. And, you know, credit to the ladies as well. You know, 2 1 away defeating Swansea is, you know, it's not a bad result, really. Yes, it would have been a, a nice for a draw, but um, 
they'll grow and they'll build on that. They'll, you know, they'll go away from that learning, you know, where they are in their game and um, and adapt to that, really. They will. And, uh, you know, as these big games come up again, they may, you know, um, give them you know, a lot more chan- chances to score goals and uh, make a, a lot better game of it. Although you said, you know, the first half they were, you know, they could have gone 2-0 up. So, uh, yeah, they, they, they're doing very well. I guess it was a bit, like I said to you earlier, Mark, which I didn't see the game, I planned to, but um, I guess the 30 minutes started off a bit like a cup match for the for Wrexham and, and just, you know, hit them with everything they could for the, the first 30 minutes, which is what we seem to see at Wrexham when clubs come to us for the men's team. So um, fair play to the ladies, you know, it was a five o'clock kickoff as well, live on S4C. So, you know, Big game, big game for both teams to be, you know, shown live as well. So, uh, yeah, fair play to him just coming away with a two-one defeat. I'm sure, you know, they're not happy with the defeat, but uh, they went overrun, and it wasn't a, a huge, you know, deficit of the, on the scoreline. Yeah, and I think you could see <clears throat> signs of progress in the game as well. For me, when we played Swansea and Cardiff at the Rock. Uh, on both occasions, we look quite tired as the game was drawing to a halt. Um, but we do have a conditioning coach now. That sort of work takes time, doesn't it? You get, you don't just do a couple of sessions with a, a strength and conditioning coach, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, I can run, I can keep going for longer. It, it takes time, and I, I felt we didn't really tire in this game. It was more just a, we found it hard to pass our way out of our defense, deep defensive position. Uh, so that was good, I thought. Um, because I've, I've I've felt that once we really are sort of physically feeling we can go ninety minutes with the really good teams, that we'll really start to cause some problems. And then the other good thing is that we defended magnificently. I mean, again, and I've said this so many times, but Luisa Doran at the back was absolutely absurdly good. I mean, she is so strong in the tackle, so dominant in the air, very aggressive in trying to attack the ball. Uh, we didn't have our captain, Karen Allen, either. <clears throat> so the usual centre-back partnership was disrupted and Allen would have been great in that situation because she is very good at staying calm under pressure and bringing the ball out and finding good teammates. So she was a big miss. But having said that, again, Katie Sharp doesn't let you down. And Katie Sharp, again, was terrific alongside uh, Doran. Uh, slightly misjudged the ball for the, the winning goal. But, you know, when you've defended like that for 90 minutes, <laughs> you know, there's going to be some little moments that don't quite go right for you. And it was unlucky she got penalised for it. And then, of course, the full-backs. I mean, Phoebe Davis, normally on the right, has been playing on the left recently. Absolutely rock-solid, as always. I mean, she is so reliable and strong. And then on the right-hand side, Rebecca Pritchard, who normally plays as, as an attacking wide player has been playing right back lately. She was up against, uh, well, I guess Swansea's, in theory, best player, their captain, Hosford, who, you know, is quality. And although Hosford did beat her a couple of times, she didn't, I would say, have the better of her overall. She had more success when she tried to come inside and find space. Pritchard made some good tackles. And I just thought the defensive unit, and then Morgan made some cracking saves too. The defensive unit was fantastic. Just the problem was that, TJ Dickens and Lee Jones, who of course are terrific, um, had to drop deep to help to help out that defensive effort, and it just got harder and harder to get Together. the ball forwards. And, and that that's just how football goes, isn't it? You know, the lack of players in front of you when you're 
having to defend yeah. deep means it's harder to hit those players. Yeah. Um, it's, I imagine it's quite a big learning curve for the for the girls of this year, you know, playing against you know far better opposition than they were playing last year last year. So uh, it'll take time, as you say, you know, they um with the training, um the I can't think of the word I'm thinking of, my brain is dead at the moment, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> but you know, the development skills they they'll be able to play, you know, a lot better for 90 minutes, as you said. And um I think that will come with time and for me, this is just a taste of season, first of all, just to find their feet in this league. Um, be interested to see whether they, you know, whether Rex and myself will actually bring one of the big games to the race course this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, against either Cardiff or Swansea. But, um, you know, fair play to the ladies. Are they still third in the league now, Mark? Uh, yes. Uh, well, still seconds, but Swansea are level second now. We're second on goal difference. Okay. I've got to say, looking at the game so far, and have you played everyone once and Swansea twice? Feels like there's a bit of a gulf between us and fourth, um, which is a fantastic place to be. It feels Cardiff and Swansea look like they've had that longer time at the top level, like you said, to a acclimatize to it. But it's an amazing first campaign, and we're still in there, you know, challenging for the title. You never know. It's not it's not a big gap between us and the top. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a hell of a good rise. I'd say two other little things I wanted to say about it as well. One very alarming. Uh, well, again, the referee was weak. Uh, Swansea were very physical. There were some challenges that weren't punished, like Del Morgan getting taken out on the line, just smashed into after Jesus <clears throat> all the way, no card given, things like that. And also there were a couple of very nasty challenges that got yellow cards, and I honestly thought they should have been more. One of them was on uh, Whitefuss at the end of the game, Louis Whitefuss. So, again, another clotheslining. The, the defender coming in late, just smashing into it. Um, and she got a yellow, but was lucky. And then the worst one was Hosford, when Lily Jones ran away from her, just lunging from behind, no chance of playing the ball, and raking down her Achilles with her studs. So Lily had to go off injured. And, you know, it's worrying just how bad that injury could be as well, because she yeah. is the beating heart of our team. She drives us forwards. She wins tackles. She's a great all-round midfielder. So that is a real huge concern. Um, and then the positive thing to say is that obviously we didn't have Rosie Hughes. We miss Rosie Hughes because she's predatory on a breakaway. But hats off for the player who replaced her, Ava Suckley, who's a very different type of striker. Um, mm -hmm. But playing through the middle, she held the ball up really well. She battled with the two Swansea centre-backs who, for me, didn't look that clever against her. I, I thought she, she was a real handful. Um, she had a, a good chance to score when it was one nil, and although she got it wrong, it was a good, it was the right idea. She saw the keeper was a bit off her line and tried to hit it early and didn't quite get it right, but it was the right idea. And I just thought, well done to her because she's missed a lot of the season herself because she got in a yellow card early on, and because it was in the league, the, the suspension of free matches sort of stretched for weeks. Um, yeah. in between that, he scored six, she saw six goals against Buzzelli. Um, but it was good to see her on a big stage like that, just showing that we're not just Rosie Hughes up front. And and again, like you say, it, it's it's a it's a growth game. A lot of our our players were teenagers, you know, we we're a very young yeah. team, and that was just a brilliant step forwards, even in defeat. I would argue. And I'm assuming they're home again this weekend, Mark. Are they? No, um, no, because oh, thank you. Just reminded me of the other thing I wanted to say. Um, and you've also conjured. 
Laszlo, the podcasting cat, up onto the table. So well done. Well done twice, Neil. Um, but yeah, basically, we don't have a game this weekend. And I know that sometimes it's good to have a game after a defeat. I think it's good for Wrexham men to be playing this weekend. Have a week of working hard and look to make up for it. But I think the circumstances of the, the women's defeat is different. And they took a bit of a battering as well. And I think having a couple of weeks of the break now at the weekend to reset is going to be a good thing, you know, just to, just to, just to get, yeah, you know, yeah. let's not worry about the Swansea game. It is what it is. Let's just get yeah. back, get working. And then have, have a bit of a break in the middle of the season. We come back to the cup. We're in the quarterfinals. Fascinatingly, we're playing. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah and Mal- again, aren't we? That's right. Our old friends. And we saw in that game, how good they were. They so, were. um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting test. I mean, Flan did know uh, gave us a good test in the last round of the cup, so I think that should be interesting. But with a week, with a rest, I think there's no need to rotate the team. So I think that'll be a cracking game to come back to. Um, well, we'll take a break there, and uh, after this, we'll hear the wonderful story of Carly and Sid. I'm Mia Roberts, and this is Dragon. After the disappointment of two losses, there's a lovely story as well, amongst the multitude of lovely stories going on at the moment around Wrexham Football Club. And many of you will have seen it covered that Carly, diehard Wrexham fan, and I must say an excellent video blogger of the women's games, you should have a look at her work, uh, made a friendship online with Sid, a Wrexham fan from across the Atlantic. And... These two youngsters uh, hit her off brilliantly on Zoom. And so Sid and her dad, Brian, brought came across, visited Wrexham, and the two of them had a wonderful time. They were on our halftime chat as well at one of the matches. But the Sutton game, wasn't it, Mark? That's right, yeah, the Sutton match. It was fantastic. And they were wonderful guests for us. It was lovely listening to them talking about their friendship and their experiences. But, you know, we only have so much time at halftime to chat and I felt there was so much more to to get into. Well, thankfully, our pal Bill Long um, also felt the same way. And so he caught up with them after Sid had gone back to the States to hear just how the the whole experience went. So we're joined uh, today with uh, Sid and Carly. Sid, who is fresh off a, a trip all the way to beautiful North Wales. Uh, and obviously we've got uh, Neil the Pig Wrangler with us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, Sid, how was how was that flight home? It was shorter than the flight here. <laughs> Were you excited to get home or was it a bit of like, a, did you have a bit of a Wrexham hangover? Yeah, that, because I don't know, I just felt like I didn't want to leave, but at the same time I wanted to, I didn't, I never wanted to leave, I just wanted to like sleep in my own bed, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone always wants to be in their own bed, don't they? Um, so let's, let's like get it from the beginning. You you flew over, was it a Monday you arrived? No, we arrived on oh to Wales or to London. Sorry, yes, yeah, so you got to London, didn't you? And then, and then after a bit of time in London, you came to to Wrexham on the Monday. Yeah, we yeah we came on a Monday. And uh, Carly, you took him for a little tour around uh, Conway Castle, didn't you? 
Yeah, we took them around the castle and we also saw the Britain's smallest um house. Yeah. The lady was weird. <laughs> I don't like her. <laughs> I, Bad I'm, vibes. She she's uh she's gonna be gutted, I'm sure she's a regular <laughs> dragon. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um <laughs> she probably doesn't even like football. Um probably. So that's what have you ever seen a castle before? No. <laughs> well, what, what was that like? Because we, Neil, we kind of take it for granted, don't we, in, in Wales, how many castles there are. But we've we've actually got more castles per square mile than any other country in the world. So, oh, The closest I've had to a castle is probably the Empire State Building. That's not even a castle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what a great comparison. It's like a modern castle, isn't it, really? It was. But... It was great. Yeah, that I mean, it's it's a ve- it's a very different sort of big building to New York, isn't it? But uh, yeah, Im- impressive in different ways. Have you ever been to Ca- Conway Castle before, Carly? Um, no, I haven't been to that castle before. I've been to Warwick Castle before, though. What's that? I've never been to Warwick Castle. What's that like? Is it nice there? Yeah, it's really good. They've ha- they've got lots of things to do, like jousting and loads of. They do. There's activities on all day there, isn't it, Carly? Yeah. But you're you're listening to Dragonheart sponsored by Warwick Castle. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, no, it's it, it's it's great. It's something that, that yeah, like I said, we take it for granted here. So you did the castle and then and then what was next on the itinerary? Uh we went to Zip World. That's yeah. I've I've never done Zip World. I remember you did you did tell me when you came to, to the uh-huh. Bank Street Coffee, where we had a, a coffee, didn't we, the next day? But what was what was that like? Was it the cave one that you did, or...? No, we did the outdoor one. Are you able to actually pronounce the place where it was actually held at? No. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> Go on, Neil, you'll have to pronounce it now. Lena Fastinyog. Oh, gosh, I don't want to, like, try. <laughs> um, yeah. So then... You you do Zip World and then you finally make your way into Rex. What was it? What was it like seeing the race course for the first time? Oh, that was amazing! It was just so great to just walk through the tunnel and to see like everything. It's actually my phone background right now. Oh, that's cool. You got yeah. you got you both got a little bit of a private tour, didn't you? For, uh, yeah, apparently so. Yeah, yeah, that was great. We got to see inside the changing rooms a bit as well, although they did smell. who did the tour with you Garant oh what a lovely guy to give you a tour around the ground he was really good yeah he's I I don't know if if you two know but that uh, Garant's been a uh, an employee of Wrexham for a a very long time hasn't he Neil since I remember Garant's always been at the club he's he's the only employee there that can Think that's actually been there for such a long time, to be honest. Oh, but he's 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 not one for the fame and the spotlight, is he? I think he just sort of gets on one of the unsung heroes of the club that just kind of gets on with his job and and doesn't really bother anybody. Um, so like, yeah, and and you had one one heck of a game to watch as well, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah, I thought they were gonna crush them, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you you both told me 
we, we met up for a coffee, didn't we, briefly? And you both told me beforehand that what was it? Did, did you predict four or five nil, Sid? Uh, I I I did four to two. I think oh, that was it. Yeah, I think I did five nil. <laughs> five. And it t- turned out to be a lot tougher than that, didn't it? What? How was how was your match day experience? This is so great. Like, um, it there was a sitting next to Christian was really fun. Also, um, he sits next to us. He was he was really fun, and um, and the whole game was like just an experience. Like, was it was like, atmosphere what you expected it to be like? Yeah, it was better though. Oh, that's good. And uh, you got you got a. Heck of a view, didn't you, of the goal? Yeah. We we sit um three rows from the front so you could see quite well. Yeah. Well Sid Sid, you you your dad sent me a photo actually of um of your view and, and that was oh, that, yeah. you know, like it's absolutely perfect sort of, of view for that particular goal. And uh for, for for Elliot Lee to score in in such a look, you, you know it, it's it's always nice, Neil, isn't it, when you win four or five nil? But those those games where you score a last minute uh, winner, there's just something a bit more special about that, isn't there? Like it's oh. every other game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say that that all part of being a Wrexham fan at the moment. It's uh, coming from behind and winning that last minute winner is is all part of being a Wrexham fan, which is. Emotionally, it's not very good at the beginning, but yeah, at the end, it's absolutely fantastic. It's very stressful. <laughs> yeah. It's stressful. It Neil's actually only 21. He's just aged that much because he's been watching Wrexham for <laughs> being stressed for a long time. <laughs> um, so you, you did predict, Sid, that uh, Paul Mullin was going to score, and he did go and score the first goal. Were, were you happy to hear the, the Paul Mullen chant like you were hoping? Yeah. For? Did you join in? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Brilliant. Um and then what what was what was the experience like for you two? So obviously you've been you've been talking online a lot. What was it like to finally actually get to meet each other? It was yeah. amazing. It was great to have sit over to because it's her first time being at Wrexham, it was great to show her like the stadium, the match day, where we sit. It was, yeah. You've become a big Wrexham fan now, Carly, haven't you? You follow the women's team as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, I watch the women's team, the under 19s, and the men's team. Wow, all that traveling from Shropshire as well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive. I mean, I don't know how you fit all the timing because you do all your sports as well, don't you? Outside of school, and you play for the what? What age group is it you play for, Carly? I play for Anders Falls Wrexham. Yeah. So that's that's one one more like sort of question I've got for you. Did you manage to have a kickabout with each other at, at any point? No, actually. Oh. It was so busy, we're just full on doing things. We didn't actually kick a ball at all. Yeah, not at all. Well, I suppose you've you've got something to look forward to uh, next time you come, Sid. December. December as well. (laughs) Wish. 
Is that a, a wishful thinking for a Christmas present or something, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I won't say any more. I don't want to get in trouble with your dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, both, we both had the opportunity at half-time, didn't you, to come and have a, a chat with Mark on the on the comms team and, and do a little bit of a, a talk about your, your visit while you were over here, both of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was great saying how it all works and... Getting yeah. the bike and doing the headphones, and it was really nice chatting to Mark. It felt so natural, like you were talking to like someone you've met before, almost. Oh, that's really sweet to say. Yeah, it's obviously you hear Mark's voice at every game, so yeah, it's like it's like he has the greatest personality, and you could just like he seems so friendly, and you could just be his friend the minute well, you meet him. Real life, he's not Sid. He's really not. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> He's yeah, he's nice to you guys, but as soon as soon as you all go, it's all where's my latte and all that sort of stuff. Big bigger Disney diva that he is. Where's my sponge candy? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And last night I complained about I didn't carry the suitcase up. He's looking for a, a bit of a waiter to to well, yeah, to carry all his gear around. <laughs> no, he's he Mark's amazing and a uh, great guy. I, I'm glad he. he put you at ease so is, is that something that either you would be interested in when you grow up doing a bit of um match day commentary that'd be cool um, yeah well i do my vlogs so oh, i probably oh, continue yeah. with that and maybe do like commentary on the women's team when i'm older well you have to go along with mark carly and, and do the commentary with him when he goes to the women's games at home yeah, he has asked me. I just I was round the other side last time. <laughs> I, I'm sure you you'd be more than welcome on any time that that you're there, as long as you give him a bit of a give him a bit of a nudge because he can be forgetful sometimes, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it at the next away one, I think. Brilliant. So the women's match. Yeah. Oh, hey, get get on get on the men's game as well. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> You know, we we could we could do with someone to replace him. He's he's getting old now, Mark. Let's uh, we need the next generation to come. <laughs> yeah. I think his eyesight's failing as well because last night he kept mixing up McLean McLean all the time. Yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> he actually lost one of his uh, contact lenses last night, so he was struggling a little bit with eyesight. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> so. How do you think we're going to do for the rest of the season, girls? Like we've got the we've got the men's team are doing really well, the women's team are doing really well. Carly, where do you see the men's and the women finishing this season? Um, I think the women's team. I think it's going to be tough. Well, I think we'll definitely be in the top four, but it's going to be really hard because you've got some big clubs like Cardiff and Swansea, and for the men's team. I don't know. It's been quite hard so far, but I think we can get promoted, hopefully. Yeah. What What about you, Sid? What do you think? Um, I agree with Carly on the men's team. I'm pretty sure we, we could get promoted. Like, I think we're going to... Yeah, I'm very hopeful that we're going to get promoted for up to another, up another league. And um, we just got the ability to start watching the women's matches, so... We're gonna start that um next time next game. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, it's it it's so good, isn't it, for for the women's game for those 
you know, those matches to finally be on stream. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they've, you know, I, I know Neil will know this, that we we quite often get questions, don't we, on Dragon Art or for the commentary team, like when when are you going to start covering the women's game? When is it going to be streams? It's the, it's the one thing that I think everyone, especially stateside, have been wanting those streams for ages. So it's it's really nice for us that we don't have to get asked those questions anymore. <laughs> um, <coughs> brilliant girls. It was, it, it's as always an absolute pleasure to to hear from you. And if you do get that Christmas wish, Sid, and you get a trip for December um, or, or, you know, any, any time that you're over again, please, please get in touch with us. We'll, uh, we'll try and see if we can do a, a live one in person next time. If you have a bit more time in Wrexham. Okay. We'll go just to Wrexham next time. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff right well pleasure speaking to you both and uh speak soon okay yeah yeah definitely i'm amy davis and this is dragon heart fantastic to hear them again and i mean neil there's so many lovely things like this that's the lovely thing about this takeover in expanding our fan base so radically so many good people getting in touch, so many nice friendships that are being forged, including for ourselves. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Saying that today, um, you know, we had um oh sugar, I can't remember the name is there, but she came over and visited me and came and saw the pigs. I Sarah Jane. The Pardon? Sarah Jane. That's it, Sarah Jane. I just I lent to my book, which I lent you, Mark, which was oh, cool. match day. And this package arrived at work today, and I thought, oh, those I'd ordered some cards. Well, they've arrived early, and I opened it, and it was a lovely card from Sarah Jane saying, thank you for letting me have the book. They're doing really well out there in America, and they're planning to come over next year. Mm-hmm. And she's going to bring a partner over who's not been outside of America before. So he's looking for it to forward to his first visit to Wrexham and to come and see the pigs as well. Oh, but wow. yeah, there's a lot of these friendships have, have started up, you know, since we've been broadcasting to America. You know, we know how many people interact with us during the match days mm. on commentary, you know, and well, not just America, but from Canada all around the world. And it's it's so beautiful. Mm. Beautiful is the word to see. Yeah. That yeah. all these fans have fallen in love with the club that we've loved for many, many years. And it's it's very heartwarming. And lots of friendships have made we've had lots of people come and visit us mm. on the commentary bench and it's it, it's so nice to meet these people and they're they're all genuine people and they're all generally interested and falling in love with Wrexham Football Club exactly I, I hope that what I'm about to say comes across right um I think because the sh- welcome to Wrexham is like like we always say such a community-based show really rather more than a football show I think it sort of acts as a bit of a filter in the sense that people who like the idea of caring for other people are the ones who enjoy the show. And so as a result, you just straight away meet people and feel like they're your friends already. And, you know, we look at Ran and Anna and we look at Sherry and we look at the the guys down under and the Two Beards podcast. And I've missed so many other people out straight away and feel I shouldn't have started naming names. There's a, the Dark Ask Wrexham community in itself. And, you know, the, the, it's just wonderful. And it's it's terribly uplifting. I, I feel, you know, it enhances your life when you suddenly find that there's all these good-minded people out there 
And, you know, where Jay Bailey was making made a huge amount of money for charity. Uh, uh, it's just, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. Oh, so, so, so nice, you know. And, you know, I was I was looking, we had this, we've got this um, Hope House Hospital thing this week. We've got Strictly tomorrow night. Mm. And Ollie Palmer was involved in part of the auction they had at the weekend, which they're hoping to get 500,000. And, you know, a lot of people have donated from all over. Wow. And it went up to 661,000 they raised over the weekend. Wow. I mean, from the auction that we had, there was an Ollie Palmer and Paul Mullin framed shirt together, only signed by them individually, made £2,800 mark. Wow. Unbelievable. That is incredible, isn't it? You know, know, there are people bidding from all over the world on these things, and it's so nice to see that there's people from all over the world interested in Wrexham Football Club, and and it's in their hearts now, like it's in ours, you know, we can never fall out of love with the football club. Yes, they lose the odd game, but you never fall out with them. Yeah, exactly. And and as well, I just think looking at, you know, youngsters like Carly and Sid as well, it's lovely yeah. to make these friendships. It's also, I think, wonderful, you know, for younger fans, well, not for everybody, to be fair, to be experiencing and showing interest in places that previously you'd never heard of and don't have interest in. I mean, if, you know, the, the more people are able to enjoy different types of cultures... Um, the more harmonious we'll be as a planet. I think I know it's a bit, it's a bit simplistic and trite, but it's true as well. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just nice to see people showing an interest in a different way of life. Although if, I know the states and Britain aren't that different, but it's still different by a degree. And then likewise for us, looking back at them, it's just a lovely positive thing. Oh, totally. And as you mentioned, Carly, I mean she's a she's a fellow Shropshireite. She lives in Shropshire as well, so. <laughs> She she's fallen well in love to Wrexham Football Club, which is many of us in Shropshire who, who love Wrexham Football Club. Um, but yeah, it, it's just such a, a lovely story with with Carly and Sid. And I suggested they should start like their own little forum for for like minded young fans all over the world, you know, and, and starting like little podcasts to 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 Wrexham fans wherever they may be in the world, which they thought was a great idea. And it's so nice when you go to the games to see so many young children. At the games now, you know, enjoying the game, and out there looking for autographs before and after the game from all the players, and yeah, it's such a lovely sight to see again, Mark, isn't it? You know, we oh, were yeah. we were dead on our knees for many years, and now it's the whole club's just been revitalised and feels alive again, and it's it's just such a wonderful feeling. Yeah, when I was a little kid, I used to get autographs after the match, and it's lovely to see that that's now happening to <clears throat> times ten, and we were a championship team then. But yeah, yeah, it's just lovely, and it's much more than football. So yeah, I think I think after after losing two games at the weekend, I think that's a appropriately happy note to to end the show on, isn't it? Neil? It is. Yeah, yeah, totally. We look forward to to Saturday now and more coming home. Absolutely. Well, as ever, Neil, absolute pleasure doing business with you. Always a pleasure. You put your, hope you can put your feet up after the frantic day you've had today. But uh, nice one. All right. See you on Saturday. On Saturday. Absolutely. See the rest of you as well. This is Dragon Arts. (laughs) 
I'm Neil Roberts and this is Dragon Heart.